I want to talk this morning, um, what I believe is, is the heart of God. And I want to talk for a few minutes on the idea of the one, the one. Uh, let's all pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for what you're doing here. Lord, it's such an honor for Mark and I to be here. And Lord, we thank you for our pastors. And Lord, bless them today. And Lord, thank you for what you're doing across church life at every location. Lord, the idea to reach out to the community and provide a first-class environment for families to come at Wild World. Lord, help us to be that catalyst of an invite to someone who maybe is walking through something. that They don't feel important. They don't feel noticed. Help us to let each one know that they matter, even here in these moments. We love you. We love you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said a good amen. Once you turn to the person next to you and say, so glad you made it to church today. Wow. Come on, look at the other person that was your second choice. Tell them, you look like you could use a little church, my friend. church Ha. So I was not raised in church. Uh, my dad was, uh, didn't go to church. We had a family business, and so we worked every weekend. Was a, we all worked for my dad in a little city called Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, beach city, a beach community. And so we had little uh, beach sh- shops. We sold shark's teeth and, come on, 14 karat gold and a few airbrush T-shirts. We did it all. So we, we had shops. We worked the weekend. So we didn't go to church because we were evil or wicked people. We didn't go to church because we just never went to church. And, and it was not in our life. It was not in our family. I don't ever remember a time growing up and somebody saying, let's get ready for church. So I would have never come to church to come to Christ. We were just not going to church. As a matter of fact, 53% of, of the population would, will never wake up one morning and say, let's go to church. There's got to be a catalyst. There's got to be a reach. They're not coming here. That means we got to go to them. Can I have a better amen? And I love what happens in the church, but I love what happens from people's church. When you and I are the hands and feet of Jesus reaching, hurting humanity in our own community. So a church did an outreach like you do when you do a serve day or you extend or you create a moment like Wild World where people can come in and feel comfortable. And maybe you've never been in an environment like this, but those moments help them understand and feel loved and feel valued. Those are key moments. Those are so important to your generosity, providing those things. So a church did an outreach and due to that outreach it impacted my heart they did an outreach and and they had a and and one of the team members that did an outreach at the beach during a weekend had a conversation with me it marked my heart it stirred me uh he he talked to me a little bit about the gospel i'd seen other people present the gospel but they had brought a bullhorn and his little angry preach and that was not attractional to me i pushed that away but this person was kind and, and they had a conversation with me and when he asked me he said would you like to receive Christ. I was 18 years old. He said, would you like to receive Christ? And I said, no, I'm not ready for that. He didn't judge me. He didn't make me feel less. He just said, well, one day you'll get to a moment and one day you'll, you'll say that prayer. Just real positive. Like he knew something I didn't know. And, and he handed me a little sheet of paper. What I later found out was a gospel track. I put it in my pocket. That evening when I got off work about 2 a.m. and I was walking to the car. I remember walking to my car, Pastor Herbert, and I saw hundreds of these little sheets of paper that were blowing down the street. And I thought about everyone who had thrown those sheets of paper down due to that outreach. But guess what? Not all of them had been thrown down. One of them was in my pocket. One of them made its way to my pocket. 
I would come home and read it. It's a gospel plan, a, a sinner's prayer on the back of it. I read it several times. I threw it away, and my mother would dig it out of the trash can, put it back by my nightstand, because she knew I was a heathen. Brother needs some help. Come on. How many ex-heathens we got at People's Church? Come on. Let's start a small group called Ex-Heathens. <laughs> Biggest group in the church. And because of that, later on, I went through a series of some moments and, and, I, and I prayed a prayer on the back of a sheet of paper from a church I'd never been to, people I've never met. Those who gave tithing offerings to provide an outreach so that one person possibly would come to know Christ. And here I am today, my goodness, 36 years later, because a church did an outreach. Never underestimate the power of a moment, the power of an idea, the power of one gift, power of one prayer, power of one serve, power of one generosity, the power of, of one care for someone or, or one, 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 one support of someone that's hurting. Jesus talks a lot about one. He talks a lot about the power of a, of a moment. In Luke chapter 15, he tells a story, a set of stories about things in ones. He talks about one sheep. He talks about one lost coin. He talks about one lost son. And it's interesting what triggers these amazing stories that for many of us, they have helped us in our life. Luke 15, of course, is the story of the lost sheep, the lost coin, and then the prodigal son. It's an incredible series of stories. But look at what triggers it. Luke 15, verse 1, now the tax collectors and the sinners we're gathering around to hear Jesus. So Jesus is at a table. It's like a small group. And, and he's, 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 they're listening to Jesus. He's giving them time. He's, 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 he's being inviting to people that others are not thinking should be invited. It says, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered. That means just complained. Or, you ever been around someone and you can tell they're talking about you, but you can't prove it? <laughs> are you talking about me? No, I'm not. Yeah, yeah you're talking about me. You know they're talking about you. So Jesus, he knew they were talking about him because he knows everything. So because he knows what they're saying, he knows what they're thinking. He knows how they are. He knows that they have forgotten the heart of God. And because of the religious representation of the people, he's concerned that people are looking at them and they're thinking they're like God. And they're nothing like God because they try to keep as many people away from God as possible. And that's nothing like God. So he tells a story that's a very inviting story that lets people know what God is really like. Don't look at those that are pushing you away. Don't look at those that are judging. Don't look at those who think they're better than you. No, no, look at the heart of God. So he tells this story because they're complaining that this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Jesus knows everything, so he tells a parable. He says, suppose one of you, one has a hundred sheep. Everybody say a hundred. Hundred sheep. And looks says, and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? Question mark. When he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders. Then he goes home. Look what he does. He can't keep this secret to himself. It's got to be shared. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I'll tell you in the same way, in the exact same way. These are the words of Jesus. 
there will be more rejoicing, not less rejoicing, over the top rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who do not need to repent. I love how our Savior understands math and he talks about that there's one that goes away, had 100, then there was a minus one. And then when he totaled them up, there was 99. So he left the 99 and he went to find the one because he started with 100 and, and he brought the one back and now there's 100. I love how Jesus understands numbers. I love certain numbers. I enjoyed math when I was growing up and still love math. And so I like numbers. I like hearing the numbers from churches of how many small groups and, and how many people are being baptized. And, and I love the, the number of campuses that you have. I think there's some amazing things that God has done here in just 17 years. Look what God has birthed. Look what God has done. And, and all the numbers of people that are on the dream team and all the numbers of people that have gone through a, a growth track. It's incredible. It's amazing. You don't see this in every church. You're in, God is doing something that, that Pastor Herbert would tell you, be the first to tell you this is a God thing. And God Almighty has done this to see this growth and, and, and the multiple services. And thank God for all of those number of kids that are involved with, with, with people's church kids and all the people that are involved with Epic Student Ministry on and on. But can I tell you the number that I found out from the team that's amazing that just in 2019, just two 2019 since the beginning of the year to this week do you know that 5093 people have come to know Christ through your generosity through your serve through all the invitation come on you ought to clap your hands for that based on what Luke 15 said 5093 that is a lot of people. That's incredible. That's not happening everywhere. We celebrate that number of 5,093. But Luke 15 says it's really not 5,093. It's one times 5,093 because God counts by ones. God doesn't count five, 10, 20. God doesn't count by hundreds of followers. Here's a hundred, here's 200, here's a thousand. God counts one at a time because if you're the one that he's counting, you want him to count by ones. Oh, how about this? If your son is the one that's lost, you want him to count by ones. If your daughter's the one that's lost, you want him to count by one. If it's your marriage that needs healing, you want him to count by ones. Thank God he doesn't count by a group. Each one matters to God. He keeps good math, keeps good numbers. He knows exactly what's going on in all of our lives. It's the kind of God that we serve. When, when I read this story and I look at that and think about how God counts by ones, it reminds me because that's the heart of this church. That's the heart of your pastor. It reminds me of these, just these values right here at Peoples, that every number has a name. All 5,093, they all have a name. God knows exactly what's happening in their life. And, and you know what else? Not only do they have a name, every name has a story. I think that's why when you meet people, you need to treat them fragile and sensitive because they all have a story. Everybody's got ups, everybody's got downs. There are people that walk in this church every single week and they've had the worst week of their life. And you and I get the privilege and the honor of being there for them. 
Because uh, every, every number has a story. And, and, and how about this? Every story matters to God. Whether it's a good story, a tough story, a, a broken story, a successful story, they all matter to God. Because God counts by ones. Everyone matters. The other day I was studying this and just leaning into it like your pastor does. We were talking earlier and he said he's studying this week about the upcoming series and just studying God's word. God's word. I was reading this over. I began to read a passage over and over. I kept reading this parable over and over again. Lost sheep. He searches until he finds it. Does it go home after an hour? Does it go home after two? He doesn't give up until. I started thinking, how long is your until? I want my until to be until. Believe God. And I was thinking about all this, and I, I walked over to one of our, our facilities. We just built a wedding chapel, and it's a nice facility. It has a great little a study room where it's kind of a bridal room and a family room, but it's also a study room. And I was sitting there during the week. I love it over there because they have a lot of snacks over there. It's like bumped up snacks. Come on, man. I believe in the snackology. Come on. A little theology and a little snack. Snackology. The study of snacks. While I was sitting over there and I was, in the, I was in the Lord, so it was okay. I was in the spirit of the Lord. The Lord be blessing me. And I looked at it and had all the snacks in these cool jars. It's made even another level. And one of them was a jar of M&M's. And I was looking, I was thinking, man, I hope those M&M's are peanut M&M's. I'm a basic peanut M&M guy. I'm not a cotton candy M&M. They got carrot cake M&M, espresso M&M's. Like I need one of those. So I went over there and they were, and, and they were peanut M&M's and I was trying to think, I wonder how many are in here because I plan on eating all of them. And since I am in the spirit, the Lord will bless it. And I started thinking about Luke 15. I thought, I wonder how many a hundred M&M's are. One hundred is a hundred M&M's. You know, and, and so the Bible says that a shepherd has a hundred sheep. And he's got them together and he's tended to them. And the Bible tells us in Luke 15 that one of them wanders away. One of them gets lost. Sheep have no sense of direction. Sheep can, they can't even, they're not even, they don't even know what to do when they're in danger. They can't even growl. They just, bah. They're like a target. Can't even snarl. And, and, and most shepherds will tell you, listen to me. They nibble their way into unfamiliar places. Their appetite draws them to a place that they're unfamiliar with. And most sheep, when they get somewhere and they get lost, they don't know which way to go and they run in circles till they fall down and then they die. They don't even know how they got there. My, 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 is that not humanity? I don't know about you, but there's been days I've woke up. I don't even know how I got myself in this situation. Oh, I don't even know how I'm dealing with this. How did I end up in this spot? I don't even know which way to go. And the shepherd has a hundred, but somehow or another he counts. And now he's got 99. And to him, that's a problem because he started with a hundred. Now to us, 99 ain't bad. You couldn't even tell I took one out of there. Look like a hundred of me. I go 99 all day long. You give me 99 out of a, I got, I'm trying to sell a hundred cars. I sell 99. I'm going on vacation. 
I got to make 100 free throws and I make 99. I'm playing for the thunder. You will need me this season. When I was in school, if there was a possibility of making 100 on a test and I bring home to my mama, Gloria Jean, a 99, she about to run all over the church. Now, I love 99. I will go 99 all day long. Who would not be happy with 99%? You know who's not happy with 99? Jesus is not happy with 99 because he will leave the 99 and he will look for the one. And if you're the one, you want him to leave the 99. You want him to because you're the one. Your son's the one. Your neighbor's the one. Your marriage is the one. And the Bible says the shepherd goes and finds him. And, and I, love, I love what he does, but I love what he doesn't do. He doesn't say, you, you dirty sheep, you. What's wrong with you? Why are you prone to wonder? Because they're prone to wonder. He doesn't, mm. find your way back home. I'm going to that house, follow me. No, 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 no. He lost himself. He picks him up, puts him on his shoulders, and he carries him back. Come on. Jesus Christ put the sin of the world on his shoulders and carried us to the cross and brings us home. And he puts them back together and he calls all his neighbor, hits up all his neighbors and DMs all his friends. And Hey, 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 you're not going to believe it. I had a hundred sheep. One was lost. I was down to 99. I couldn't sleep at night. I went and found the one that was lost. He's now back in that pen. Come to my house. We about had a party all night long. 5,093 ones came to know Christ at People's Church this year. Rejoice with me because heaven is rejoicing. Come on, People's Church. You ought to shout like you believe it. That's the gospel. That's what God is like. That's what God is like. It's not like those Pharisees that are trying to keep people out. It's like Jesus who is, who is reaching one. Reaching one. And if you're the one, he's reaching for you. The, the, the cross of Jesus Christ is for the whole world, but it's for one. And guess what? What, what you have, your gift, your love, your dream team expression... Your small group, your tithe, your prayer. He uses one to reach one. We, we, we will not be the church that we need to be without your one. We need your one. We need your one to make a difference. Why? Because one matters to God. One's a big number to God. I, I wrote down some application. I'll finish with this just to give you some application around this Luke 15, around the one Maybe something we can remember. Maybe something that could touch our heart. Here's the first thing. Always remember this. What we learn in Luke 15, and this is the heart of people's church. All are equally loved, but the lost are the priority. I ought to get a better amen right there. All are equally loved, but the lost are the priority. Everybody's, there's a waterfall of love that flows from people's church into your life. 
into your blended family, into your single situation, into your, into your senior adult situation. There's, there's so much love for you. But the lost a party. I mean, when I went to Disney World, we lost our oldest daughter. And I had all our kids there. And she wandered off. And she was lost. Can I tell you something? All of my children were loved. But the, my lost daughter was the party at that moment. I didn't need to hear from my kids. I need a turkey leg. Don't tell me about the $800 ice cream you need at Disney World. Come on, I'm bitter. I don't, I don't, I, we're not going to get ice cream right now. We're not getting a turkey leg right now. All that matters is your lost sibling. So you need to help me find the one that's in our family that's lost. That's all you're loved. Oh, I love you. I love you. But your, your sister that's lost is the priority and we will search until we find her. Not going to take a break, go to space mountain, not going to get on the log ride. We're going to look till we find them. So everybody's loved, but the lost are the priority. And I think that's why once we come to Christ, sometimes we can forget that. And we start thinking church is about me. Oh, you're loved. Oh, we're all loved. But church is about lost, broken humanity. Lord, move, move our hearts for the one. Remind us of the one. Amen. And then here's the second thing that, that I learned here. And these are just real, real simple. Here's the second one. You are never lost uh, in the audience of humanity. You matter. I think we live in a world today where people are friends with everybody and they're friends with nobody. It's called social media. I love everybody, but I love no one. Everyone's in my life. No one's in my life. And, and we can have the most busy, we can have followers, and we can have likes, and, and people can be hitting us up and, and everything in the world. But at the same time, you can feel like a number. And can I tell you something to people's church? You, you matter. You're not unnoticed. You're not just, I'm just, I'm just, enough. if I wasn't here, nobody would even know it. No, somebody would know it. If I don't show up, nobody even knows it. If I don't join a team, it doesn't matter. If my gift and my serve is not a part of this, none of that even matters. Now, it will never make a difference. Guess what? When I took one out of this, it didn't make a difference. But guess what? The Bible says in Luke 15, God knows. He knows the difference that you can make. He knows the story of your life. He knows your contribution. Nobody like you. Literally, when you were made, God broke the mold. It's just you. No one like you. God cares about you. And you are not lost in the sea of humanity. He sees you. He knows you. He cares about you. You matter to God. You matter to us. Amen. And then the last thing, and it's kind of a joyful one. It's the truth. We saw here in Luke 15. If God reserves heaven's loudest noise when one person receives the gospel. Isn't that amazing? Out of all the, out of the loudest noise in heaven, what would, what would create the loudest noise in heaven? One person comes to know Christ. Hey, over and over and over, Pastor Herbert gets up and says, if you're here today and invite you to receive Christ, people bow their heads and all across this room at every location, people watch it online on a Sunday, on a Tuesday, on a Thursday night. People bow their heads and they say, Jesus, come into my heart. At that moment, all of heaven rejoices for that one person. And then there's another 
So if 30 people come to know Christ on a Sunday, it's not one party for 30 people. It's 30 parties for one person. And it happens over and over and over again. Heaven's loudest noise is reserved for when someone who's lost, someone who's wondered, someone who's gotten themselves in a situation, they don't even know how they got there. When they reach out and sense the embrace of grace and mercy and a new beginning. <laughs> when they hear that message, it's okay to not be okay. And they reach out to Jesus. Your one contribution matters. Amen. Uh, the other day, I'll close with this. The other day, I was um, bringing my son to the airport. He's serving at a church in New York City. And I'm dropping him off his early drop-off. Ooh, 5.30 flight. Felt like I was going duck hunting. I mean, it was like early. Like 3.30, wake up. Drive my son to the airport. And we had a talk on the way there. And I could just sense, Pastor Herbert, some uncertainty in his own heart. He got out of the car and I prayed. I said, you got to go. He just walked out of the car and he looked back at me and waved. All I thought about is that's my boy. He going to a big old city, living in New York City. And I had this thought, he's not a number. He's my son. He matters to me. That's the one that matters to me. He went on inside the airport and I drove over and I was getting fuel in my truck. I was low on gas. So right by the airport there in Birmingham, I pulled into a gas station. It's a a community where we have our dream center. We do our outreaches like you do. To be honest with you, it's a forgotten community. It's a marginalized community in our our, our city. So we do outreach there and we love those churches and reach people. And I pulled in and I was getting fuel. I looked around. There's four or five people mingling in the, the, it's about 415. Four or five people mingling in the parking lot. I thought, wow, they're going to work or something like that. And then some fuel in my truck. Right, they're homeless. It's like, oh, yeah, they're homeless. They're homeless. And one starts moving towards me to the trash can by the, by, while I'm fueling my truck. And all I thought about was, man, I don't have any cash. Man, I got to get to the house. It's early. And I need to get, I need to get on out of here. And I didn't make that eye contact. And I get done. And, and right when I'm getting ready to get my truck, I felt like the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart. It's like Jesus said, hey, I know you don't want to give him anything, but would you give him something from me? You can put it like that. How I many does the Lord will mess you up? I know you don't want to give him nothing because you're busy. You got a lot going on. You got a lot of people who need you. It's like the Lord spoke to my heart and said, he's something. He's somebody's son. Just like your boy is, he's somebody's son. He matters. Man, I go in my truck and look at a backpack, look at a console, find $5 bills, five $1 bills. I said, excuse me, sir. And I had to be honest. I want to be super spiritual, Pastor, but I had to be honest. I said, sir, I didn't want to give you anything. But Jesus told me to give this to you. Jesus Christ told me to give it to you. He took it and just stood there. And I got getting in my truck. He said, yo, my man, you going to pray for me? That's brilliant. Because I'm about to go to hell right now. You about to be the pastor. What is wrong with me? Got so much going on. Hey, loving everybody, loving nobody. I said, I'd love to pray for you. I put my arms around him at that 
Shell gas station by the Birmingham airport at 4.20 in the morning. I prayed for him. When I got done praying, he said, I got done praying. It's his words. He said, hey, it's hard on these streets. Every night I just move around trying to find somewhere to lay down. He says, like the devil follows me around all night long. He said to me, he said, when you prayed for me, it was like you chased the devil away and the sun came up early. I said, I love you. We had a moment, invite him to our dream center. And I, and, and I hugged him. And Pastor Herb, it was that smell of the street, that street smell. And I just, I just inhaled it. Mother Teresa said in India, she would take people out to the gutters of Calcutta, the businessmen, and they would hold their nose and say, I, I can't take the smell. And she would say, it's the smell that Jesus loves because he died on a garbage heap. Everyone matters to God. Amen. Hey, let's be that church. Let's be those people that care about the one. Let's bow our heads. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you. Just one moment, our campus pastor is coming to close us out to, to, to begin the party. We're going to have an opportunity where people could say yes to Jesus and fill out a connection card and say yes to an invitation. At that moment, all of heaven is waiting to celebrate one person saying yes to Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name.